Hello everyone and welcome back to Honesty Hour. This is actually a special version of Honesty Hour because it's extended Honesty Hour. It's not 20 minutes long. If you're new here, then you know that Honesty Hour, well, if you're new here, then you don't know that Honesty Hour is our special series in which I talk very casually and openly with my friends about, you know, the things that we're struggling with and we get honest about it and it's very fun. And today I have with me my friend and my producer, Amy, um, Amy Nakamura. She's going to introduce herself shortly. And today we're talking about a few things. Um, first of all, we're talking about adulthood and adulting and the transition from being a college student to being a full-blown adult, um, which it's been very interesting. <laughs> so we're going to get into that. But we're also talking about body image, self-improvement, um, and other things. We'll see where the conversation conversation takes us um, because this is Honesty Hour. My producer, Amy, actually isn't editing anything. So that's why when I stutter, it stays in here. She's not editing those things out. There may be some background noises. Amy has informed me that you may hear some type of machine from her end. Someone is like building something, I guess, in the background of where she lives. But before we get into everything, Amy, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, and thank you, Ashley, for having me back on the pod. I've spoken uh, a couple of times, I think. But um, yeah, it's always fun to be on the other side of the episode. Um, but my name is Amy Nakamura. I'm 22. I'm originally from Kapolei, Hawaii on the island of Oahu. And I recent, recently graduated from Syracuse University, where I studied magazine journalism and in that in international relations um, with a minor in religion. Um, and now, uh, as a new adult, <laughs> I would say, um, I'm working full-time as an audience engagement fellow for USA Today's Politics and Washington team. Um, so I basically run the politics Instagram and Twitter accounts for USA Today, um, but I also just work in general on social planning, audience plans, and engagement initiatives um, for our politics coverage. Um, so yeah, and that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> so yeah, Amy has a real big girl job and we will get into that. But before we get into that and adulting, I have to know, Amy, what shows are you watching? What are you listening to right now? I haven't done this in so long. I used to always ask my guests, you know, like, what are you listening to? What are you watching? Just to kind of warm them up. And then I stopped doing it for some reason, but I'm really interested in knowing what you've been consuming. Yeah, so I guess a couple of things. Um, I've recently been watching um, House of Cards, actually, because um, my boyfriend and I are trying to move to Washington, D.C. Um, for my job with USA Today. So um, watching House of Cards and these, like, D.C.-centered shows is, like, helping me get acclimated to, like, the neighborhoods or, like, what people are like. And um, it's pretty interesting. It's definitely not the type of journalism that happens in the show is what I've it's not what I've experienced <laughs> in the field and I'm hoping that journalists in the show aren't like the ones <laughs> in DC yeah but let's hope <laughs> <laughs> you never know it's pretty interesting though because um I mean I, when I entered I used to work at the Wall Street Journal and there's a publication in the show called the Wall Street Telegraph and it's definitely like a big it, I feel like it's supposed to be the Wall Street Journal. They just <laughs> didn't want to use the same name. Um, but it's pretty interesting, like, to watch 
that play out and see what people's perceptions of the industry are versus what it is now. I mean, especially even though it was like, I don't know when it came out, like mid 2010s or something, or even earlier maybe, but um, I feel like when it started, it was also definitely a different political climate, different, the journalism industry is different too. So um, a lot has changed. If anyone is a House of Cards fan, um, I'm here to tell you, People are nice <laughs> or journalists um, and not kind of mean and scary as they sometimes are in the show. <laughs> and what have you been listening to? I feel like I feel like our music taste kind of overlaps. I know that you really like Megan Thee Stallion. Um, and I know you like Doja Cat a lot, right? I don't yeah. I don't listen to a whole lot of her. I like, yeah, what are you listening to right now? <laughs> yeah, I loved uh, I love anything Doja Cat does, really. Um, but I like to do album Planet Her. Um, I'm also listening to the new Claro album. I haven't finished it. Um, but I'm mainly listening to it because of the song Xenia's. And she just starts off the song saying, like, I'm at the corner of Waverly and Comstock in reference to Syracuse. So a fun Syracuse trivia for also Ashley, who used to go there. <laughs> I, I did not know that she shouts Syracuse out. I've got to listen to that album. I love Claro. Um, Amy introduced me to Claro, actually, and I was on such a Claro wave from literally <laughs> October to January, I'd say. Like, I know that Immunity album, cover to cover. Um, <laughs> but what am I watching? So I just started watching Queen of the South. I love any show that has to do with criminal activity. I love movies like that, too. So that's, you know, that's why my favorite movie of all time is The Godfather. It's kind of tied with Goodfellas. I like those types of movies. For some reason, I can't explain it. But anyway, Queen of the South is really good to me. And of course, I've been watching Arrested Development. Um, That's like my, (laughs) that's my favorite casual show. It's just, I think it's so funny. I think the acting is legitimately good. Like they are actors. Nowadays on TV, you have people acting that are not really actors. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they can, like Jason Bateman, the whole crew, they can really act. And I'm listening to Drake, of course. I have to be loyal to Drake. Um, for what reason? I don't know. But <laughs> I have to be loyal to him. And the 1975 has me in a freaking death grip lately. <laughs> I can't, I cannot stop listening to the 1975. I can't. I just, I literally, I wake up. They're the first thing I listen to. When I go to bed, I listen to them before I sleep. It's it's insane right now. Um, and, of course, I'm also listening to Drake1975 and always Kanye. He's kind of, like, just always there. I feel like Drake and Kanye are always ever-present in my life. But, yeah, now, now that we've shared that, we can get into the real um, podcast topic First of all, how are you doing? I know that the last time we talked, both of us hadn't actually graduated yet. We were we were pretty close and we talked a lot about graduating and, you know, what we were feeling about that. But now we really have. And now I am no longer a student of Columbia University and I never will be again. You have left Syracuse University and it's donezo. Like, how are you doing and how are you finding like adulthood right now? Like how are you enjoying the nine to five life? What is that like for you? Yeah. So I guess first thing I guess is that, um, I'm kind of nomading it. That's kind of the biggest part of my post-graduation life is not, um, necessarily having stable housing for a bit. Um, 
as I mentioned, my boyfriend and I are trying to move to Washington, D.C., um, but since graduation, we've just been, like, moving around um, a lot because his family also moved out of their house, so um, right now I'm also coming to you from Brooklyn, um, New York, uh, where we have just, like, a studio Airbnb for now, and then next month we're going to head down to D.C., but um, it's definitely been kind of hectic because of that. I think, like, that definitely drives all of my post-graduation <laughs> life right now because um, I think, like, you know, a lot of times we talk on the pod about, like, improving ourselves or, like, working on our mental health and stuff, which is amazing. But it's definitely hard to do when there's no way to build a solid routine right now. Or, I mean, I guess there is, and maybe I could try a little harder with, <laughs> you know, being active with the month that I have here, um, but I, I kind of didn't realize that before, and for me, and I know, like, for me, because I'm from Hawaii, I'm from so far away, it was kind of essential for me to find a job after graduation so that I could stay on the East Coast after graduation, like, there was a solid reason, and um, I know other friends who are, um, or who were international students who really struggled with this after graduation because they like legitimately definitely need a reason after graduation to stay in the country um and I know I've had friends who weren't able to stay in the country because they couldn't find jobs in time and I I feel so bad because I know how badly they wanted to stay um but finding a job is so difficult um but I sorry that was a little sidetrack there but um that is kind of what I've been thinking about in terms of adulting is finding like a real place to live on your own, like not just college housing, not just your like parents' house, but like finding a place on your own is definitely something I've been working on. Um, but as far as the like nine to five goes, um, it's been like great. I mean, definitely, I'm sure anyone can tell you starting remotely during a pandemic is difficult. I mean, it gets kind of lonely, but I check in with my team like every day and I talk to people online all the time um, from different departments. So I, I don't feel super <laughs> lonely. I do feel a little bit lonely in the quiet hours, but um, overall, everyone's been so supportive and so welcoming. Like I genuinely feel like they're like everyone there is there to help me and, and I'm there to help anyone else too that needs it. Yeah, what you said about, you know, looking for a place to stay and having that be pretty stressful, like, I feel like that is a part of being an adult that I kind of just didn't think about. It's probably because throughout my childhood, I've stayed in the same house all my life. So I never had the experience of moving anywhere. Um, I never even really thought about like, what that would even be like, like, what is the process of like looking for an apartment? And also, I would say that at my school, until the pandemic happened, it was really uncommon for anyone to ever live off campus. No one was looking for an apartment. No one was going through that process. So I had no idea. So yeah, luckily my best friend, Elise, shout out to Elise if you hear this, she found us a place to live. We're both going to be in New Haven next year. She did all the legwork for that. Um, and I mean, it was, I know just from like hearing about it through her though, that it was tough and probably very stressful and I just feel like that's one it's just like a million little things that I feel like you have to do as, as an adult that just really freaking suck and it's like of course you know finding a place is exciting and like 
getting a new job is fun and like going to a new place is fun. But like, there's so many little things that go into it that I just did not think about at all. Um, I was talking to my friend Luma yesterday. Hi, Luma. You probably are listening, I think. Um, Luma's a big fan of the pod. But she was saying that she hates the word adulting. I never got to ask her why, but I also feel like the word itself is just kind of weird. Like, I mean, it's very ambiguous. Um, And I've realized that being an adult is just kind of like doing a lot of unpleasant things every single day um, for the rest of your life. Like things that you need to do to survive and to like, to thrive. But yeah, I don't know. To answer my own question, I asked you how you're doing. How am I doing? Um, I, I feel like we are living opposite lives right now, which has never really happened in the sense that you are, you said you were nomading it. I am very not doing, very much not doing that. Like I'm living at home for the summer. You are working a nine to five. I am just chilling before I start my program. Um, today I was asking Amy how, but before we, before we recorded, I asked Amy like, Oh, what did you do today? How was your day? And she like tells me all these things. And then, um, she's like, what did you do today? And I was like, not really, nothing really. I had like a stomach ache. And she's like, Oh, what did you do? Like beyond your stomach ache. And it's like, uh, what did I do? Um, but yeah, so we're living very opposite lives right now. But I think that the one thing I've realized is I've never had this much free time to do nothing since, I mean, probably since middle school, like I've, I've worked every summer since I was 14. It's really shown me that you, you learn so much about yourself when you have quote unquote nothing to do. Of course, I have, you know, this podcast to run and I've got my like pre-work for my MBA program and stuff, but more or less my, my days are really flexible and open. Um, and yeah, you just, it's really nice actually. It was kind of jarring and unsettling at first. Um, but I, I actually really like it and I feel like I've grown so much this past year, but even just like these past few weeks, this past summer, like it's been really nice to, ha- I think which it's kind of like what you were saying, like you were saying you feel like you haven't had the time to like really focus on like self-improvement and stuff because you've been so busy and like trying to get things settled. Whereas I, I almost feel like because I haven't had much to do, like that's really been my priority. Like I picked up jogging, you know this. Amy knows that I picked up (laughs) jogging and it's so amazing. I've always been a fairly like active person. I would say I love Pilates. I love some other things like, um, jabs. It's like a kickboxing program that I do sometimes, but I never thought I would ever like jogging or running. Um, because I just, I mean, I'm not, I feel like I'm not typically strong in that way. Like the breathing aspect of running and like, like pushing through, but it's become like the best part of my day. Like I actually enjoy it so much. And that's a hobby that I kind of discovered because I didn't have anything to do. And I mean, I don't know that I would have been able to discover it if I'd been doing something else. So, so that's been nice. But one question I do have for you, and I kind of want to answer this myself as well. Um, what is your attitude towards adulting in the word adulting? Like these little tasks that we have to do and um, these responsibilities. I, I personally feel like this is a very awkward age in that we have freedom, but like not totally. You don't have total freedom because we don't have that much money, which, you know, really helps you get some freedom. So yeah, what's like, what is your take on adulting? How do you feel about it? Yeah, I guess first of all, I would love to say that I love that you're getting this time to yourself because everyone actually works 
so hard. Ashley is always doing something and always, you know, whether it's studying or like the pod or just like anything. Um, I definitely feel like you deserve a break. And so I'm so glad that you're like getting this time to find hobbies and like jogging. And I should definitely get it more into jogging. You inspire me to like become more fit. <laughs> um, but my thoughts on adulting, um, like, I guess it's both just like really scary, but also kind of exhilarating. Like, even if it's, I mean, actually, specifically, if it's like paying a bill, or like paying something, I kind of like, I'm really excited about this kind of even financial independence from my parents. And um, I, I get really like, I feel like I'm really taking steps towards adulting when it comes to like, my finances, like if I'm doing something that financially makes me independent, that is real independence um, to me. But I definitely still struggle a lot. And I think I will always call my mom about taxes. Um, but things like I like pay for my family's Hulu and Amazon accounts. And so that makes me feel really happy to be able to like, also give my parents something back. Um, like, because I feel like they've given me so much all these years, just like small things like you don't have to worry about paying for Amazon or Hulu it just well I'll pay for it um makes me feel good it, and definitely makes me feel like a real adult when I'm able to do things like that um so I definitely think I'll enjoy it more too when I start you know getting settled into my apartment and like building that routine but for now if anything the only routine I'm kind of trying to handle or manage is just my like spending habits and my financial routine I'm definitely not good at it big spender big spender <laughs> Amy we have to at some point like I really want this to happen before I have to start school we need to go out and have like an Amy and Ashley adventure <laughs> I I've gone out with Amy once we went I mean it was it was during COVID so like we weren't like clubbing or anything yeah we went to dinner <laughs> and it was so fun I just feel like it's really fun I feel like it, we need this needs to happen it needs to happen I feel like our personalities would really click in that type of space. I also feel like we would have just had like way too much fun partying in Syracuse, which is why the universe didn't allow us to meet then. I know. <laughs> because we were so close too, like literally yeah. same like dorm. But that was so fun. I loved hanging out with you. Can I divulge a secret to the podcast? Or after we went to dinner, Ashley and I also watched. Super bad, and Ashley had never seen Super Bad before. <laughs> it's um, true. I I really loved it. I love Jonah Hill. He's so cute. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic uh, movie. Kind of crazy, and maybe didn't age well in some parts, but overall, great movie. <laughs> um, I actually also get asked a lot about my ID. People think it's fake sometimes because of that movie, so that's why we had to watch it. <laughs> um. <laughs> And to, and to go back to what you were saying earlier, I feel like, like, like you were saying you enjoy like the freedom of like, you know, like the financial freedom of being able to pay your bills. Like, I feel like this is another way in which like we are totally living separate lives because the life of a grad student and the life of an employee person, they are <laughs> completely different. Like what, what are finances? I don't know. Like, I have no idea. I feel like being 22, like it's just this is one reason why I feel like it's so weird. And maybe this is just life in general. Like everyone's just, 
you know, doing different things. But it's like some of my friends like you are working full-time jobs and like, you know, making money, living on their own. And then some of my friends are living with their parents, going to grad school in like the local Michigan area. Like I'm going away to grad school, but I'm still not going to, I don't think I'll still feel completely like an adult and that I'm still a part of like a school, like, like an institution. I don't know. But like, I just feel like 22, it's like this weird paradox of you have so much freedom and like your whole life's ahead of you. You can do anything. Like you have all this choice and it, it's very exciting and like it makes me very hopeful I think to know like I can do anything like I have all these choices but then at the same time it kind of is anxiety inducing it's like wait I have all these choices like I can do anything it's I don't know like it's just it's a really weird feeling and I think that not being in school well let me walk that back I think that when you're in school you know there are like these years that really kind of establish where you are in your trajectory, like first year, sophomore, junior, and everyone's grouped together. And then when you graduate, everyone's just like, everyone's doing such different things. There's not that common denominator there anymore, um, which can be kind of weird. I do feel like a lot of my friends are going to grad school for whatever reason. That's like the path that they chose. So I do have a lot of friends that are doing that, but like you and we Sam, for example, we Sam is, um, my social media producer, who's awesome. Hi, we Sam. Like she's doing something completely different than like both of us. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about that, like loss of structure before. Um, and I guess, I don't know. I, I think that's so true. Like, I mean, I know I've gotten so lucky. Like I'm really lucky to have gotten a job. Um, before I graduated college, um, because so many of my friends who are so talented, so smart, like just amazing people who are such hard workers, um, like still don't have, are still in the interview process or still don't have jobs. And even though I feel like they all deserve to be hired on the spot, um, it's just like different. And it's kind of adulting, I guess, is just navigating where life kind of just threw all of us and also I don't know but I, I definitely recognize the you know like how lucky and how like privileged I am to be in the position I am in right now um, because I know there are so many talented people who feel stuck or like feel like because they've lost this structure they can't go anywhere without it which is like totally not, like I feel like it just depends <laughs> I guess like what you're willing to put in, but also like what you happen to be given to, which kind of sucks. But I guess like, well, how do you feel going back into structure, I guess, like back into grad school? How are you feeling about like the future of grad school and your program? And I don't know, I guess like you said, you're looking forward to the future and you're hopeful, I guess. Are there anything, is there anything specifically you're looking forward to through that? Yeah, I think that going into this next phase of my educational career, um, to, to say that as formally and stiffly as possible, um, I feel, I think I feel a lot more, how do I say this? Well, let me say this. In college, particularly this past year, there were so many trying moments and really, really, really tough decisions. And 
one thing that, you know, someone that I know, like a mentor told me is that those really tough decisions, those really hard moments, like that's when you really find out who you really are. Like that's when you really get to know yourself and figure out like what you want, like what's your breaking point, like all that stuff. And so I feel like as much as I did not enjoy this past academic year and the like crazy stress that I felt, I'm glad that it happened because I feel like there's so much that I know now about myself that I just did not know before. And there's so much that I know, like, I feel like I have a better grasp on the world and the way that things work. And I've talked about this before in the pod where I used to have this idea that, you know, you work more, you put in more hours into something, you get better results or like you go farther. Like I used to like think, you know, well, so-and-so might be smarter than me or they might have like better natural ability, but like they're not going to work harder than me. Like that was my attitude. Like you've got to work harder than everyone, which is problematic because you never know how hard someone else is really working. People are, are not transparent. They're freaking like liars sometimes. So you just, you never know. But like things like that, right? My mindset on that has changed. I feel like in college and particularly this past year, like, I mean, I've talked about this in the pod, like I had such a hard time with body image and like, I kind of, it was a struggle. Like, and I would really channel that pain and struggle through my work, right? Like, well, this is lacking. So I'm gonna like overexert myself in this other area. And how did that work out? It didn't, it did not work out. I mean, you could say that it did and that I got into um, Yale, but it didn't really in the sense that the process of getting there was so just tough. And I think like going into grad school, I just feel more confident in like my ability to deal with really crappy circumstances. But I also feel like, I think I just feel a lot more excited about it than I felt about, you know, some of my, you know, some of the past few years in terms of my education. I think that's because I used to really see college as a means to an end, right? Like I always thought of, you know, my time as Columbia as just like what I needed to do to get to wherever I needed to go. Even when, even when I didn't know what I really wanted to be, I was like, this is just, you know, a means to an end, which I now see was not a good outlook. You know, it's better to look at things. It's just like, just enjoy the present. Like don't always look at something as a way to get somewhere else. And that's how, that's how I'm approaching grad school. Like it's not so I can land this like awesome marketing job. Like, I mean, that's going to hopefully happen, but it's like, enjoy being in there. And my friend, we Sam, well, why did I just say that? My friend, we Sam, like you don't know her. We Sam, she was telling me, because I was debating whether to like work during um, the fall semester. And she was like, you know, you, you sacrifice so much to get into this program and you work so hard, like give it your all, you know, like give it your, your attention. And, and I think that's my attitude, right? Like and I think before during college, it was like, I was doing, trying to do a bunch of different things. Like my classes were sometimes like my, my least like prior, last priority. And I think that my mindset is just changing. Like it's really expensive, first of all, to even be there. I did go through quite a bit to get there. So I'm just going to try to enjoy it. But I think that like to circle back to the body image stuff, because I do want to talk about that. You know, that's been like such a journey for me. I'm going to call it a journey, not a struggle. I'm going to reframe it and make it a positive. Um, but I, I feel like I really prioritize like talking about that on the pod and on like the Instagram, because I feel like it's something that most people do have a hard time with, but a lot of people don't often like talk about it. Um, but yeah, I guess like my first question that I have for you is, do you feel like social media has sh shaped or affected your self perception? 
in that way. Yeah, I guess like, okay, like definitely at first, um, it's definitely hurt my like self-esteem, like body image thing. Um, people having, you know, the perfect body like online all the time. And I mean, also living in Hawaii, like everyone goes to the beach all the time. And so everyone kind of always has like this beach body. And um, yeah, definitely people I've like, heard from other people too, just like walking around Hawaii, like everyone is so fit because there's also most of the things to do are like outdoor physical activities <laughs> um, too. So Hawaii social media specifically um, probably hurt my body image a little bit. Um, but but recently, actually, I, I feel like it's kind of been helping me, like, seeing, especially on TikTok, like, people doing, you know, try-on hauls or, or dress hauls for, like, my size kind of makes a big difference, too, than just seeing, like, well, like, that dress is cute on her, but, like, we're not the same size. It would never look as good on me as it as it does her. So, um, I, if anything, yeah, I think, like, actually social media has been positive for me lately um because I'm interacting more with creators who I promote more like mid-size or like plus-size bodies like um which I feel like I definitely could have used when I was younger and a teenager and um in general I guess like also I struggle like struggle with body image but also face image I, I know this isn't a thing but when I was younger or like in high school I'd really severe acne I don't know if I've I feel like I might have talked about it on the pod or something before, but I um, had really painful and severe acne that I would cover up all the time um, with makeup, and makeup in general really helped me feel in control of my face because I really had no control over it. I um, actually went on Accutane twice if people who (laughs) also suffer from acne uh, know what Accutane is. It's like a really intense drug um probably like the hot like the most severe (laughs) type of drug for your acne um and to do it once is a lot especially if you're a girl or a woman because you have to take blood tests every month um to make sure you're not pregnant and if you are pregnant you have to like legally you are contractually obligated to like get it aborted (laughs) um but that's like a whole other thing because the medication is so damaging to a fetus um but yeah (laughs) anyway that's like an intense way of saying I really had to deal with acne and I still deal with it a lot um in my everyday life but seeing people on social media who are owning like their bodies and owning their flaws has really helped me and so I guess like how do you think it has helped or hurt you what's your like relationship with social media and body image Okay, I feel like it's 60, 70% of the time, wait, let me think about this. I want to be accurate, even though this is anything but accurate. I'm just, you know, naming some numbers off the top of my head. I feel like 60% of the time, it really hurts my body image and it makes me like, like guess myself, contributes to some body dysmorphia probably. And then 40% of the time, it's kind of like what you said, where I'll see someone who's, you know advocating for like actually eating real meals and like I mean I do follow a lot of like fitness people I think um and I've tried to follow more of the people that are are 
emphasizing like strength over like just being skinny, which, because that's a problem for me. Like I, I think that one of the things I've noticed is that so many of the people that I used to follow that were like celebrity or like influencer status, like a lot of them all look the same in terms of like their bodies for a while. And I, I realized that that was kind of subconsciously creating this standard or this ideal in my mind. And I don't look anything like those people, like <laughs> starting with the fact that like most of them are not black. And then there's the body thing, right? Um, and so I think, I guess maybe last summer, I made a, a more conscious effort to follow more people who, you know, as you were saying, like did look like me. And even, even, even if they didn't, like who weren't promoting some like, you know, fitness tea or like some new cleanse where you only eat three rice cakes a day or, you know, it's just like really ridiculous stuff. I'm being dramatic, but like there's so much ridiculous stuff out there on Instagram in terms of diet culture. Um, and so, yeah, I think that right now it's kind of tricky. I've tried limiting my social media time to like 40 minutes per day recently, which has really, really helped because I've, and what I found, I've kind of done like a little study on myself, but what I found is that like when I'm kind of talking down to myself, like my natural instinct is to go to Instagram. And it's like, why would you go to a place that you know will probably make you feel worse? And it's just like, that's just how it, that's how it functions though. Like that's how you become really dependent on. It. And then there's like that toxic relationship. Um, but I think I just realized like it takes so much effort to dislike your body and yourself and to feel like you're at war. Like that's just, it's so draining. And I've got a lot of things to do. I can't be devoting all my energy to, to wishing I had someone else's body and like wishing I could look, you know, do what they do. And like, why couldn't they eat this? But I can't eat like, like, I just, I can't do that anymore. And like, I was, I was at dinner with my friend Luma, who I mentioned a few minutes ago. So I don't know why I reintroduced her as my friend, but I was at dinner with Luma. People know Luma. She was on the podcast like twice. Um, but anyway, I was with Luma. She was taking some pictures for me just for funsies. And I was really crapping on myself. I was saying, I don't like this. Like, I look bad. I look, I, I look bad is what I said. I didn't say I look bad. Um, just so, for anyone listening. Um, I was just, you know, saying, being very critical of myself. And she kind of pulled me out of it. And she didn't even realize that she was doing that, I think. But she was like, no, you don't. Like, literally relax. Like, you look fine. Like, just take the pictures. And I think that that was really helpful to me. A, because like, why are you taking it so seriously? It's literally a picture, like who cares? B, I, I just realized that the negative self-talk, it's really damaging, it really is. And you don't even realize how much you do. I don't think anyone realizes how much they kind of put themselves down on a daily basis. But that's one thing that jogging has been really good for actually, because when I'm jogging, First of all, all I'm thinking about is breathing in and out and making it to the next wherever, like increasing my distance, right? Because I'm not, I'm not trying to be fast. I just like to go longer distances. That's my goal. Um, but when I'm jogging, like what I'm telling myself is like, keep going, like you can do it. Like you better not quit right now. Like, you know, very positive uh, reinforcement. And I found that like, that's such a good way to start your day. And it kind of extends even past the jog. It's like this, like comp having this confidence in yourself, I think is what it's really helped me with. But I don't know. I just, body image is in food and like diet culture and all that is so complicated. But I've, I've started to realize that 
what someone told me actually recently was that like a lot of my problems with body image, like it's not always because I'm worried about how someone else perceives me. It's like, how do you like perceive and feel about yourself? You know, like, I think a lot of the times it can, it can like, it can trick you into thinking like you are concerned about how so-and-so is going to see you, but it's like, but why are you concerned about why so-and-so is going to see you that way? Like, why do you put so much value into what this boy says about you? I'm talking to myself here. Amy knows. Okay. There was, there was a man. <laughs> Amy's laughing so hard. No, this, I, I mean, for, I just want to say, first of all, what you're saying before, you're just dropping gems of wisdom, I feel like. Um, but please continue with the story. I'm sorry, just because I feel personally involved. Um, with there it. was a man. There was a man who I had a crush on for so long. I won't even say how long. Long, at, almost just cursed. A long freaking time. Um, and I tortured myself by, you know, it, it didn't really go anywhere. Right. I tortured myself by saying like, he didn't like me because like, I'm not super skinny. Like he didn't like me because, you know, of my appearance, like I made it all about my appearance, which could it have been, I don't who knows, you know, but I think re so recently what happened was I finally like decided I'm going to just, I'm going to make an effort to like, let this go, let this dude go, forget about it. And Amy really encouraged me to do so. Um, luckily he won't hear this. I'm sure he doesn't listen to the pod, uh, but Amy really encouraged <laughs> me to do so. And the day that she encouraged me to do so, I had the best run of my life. I ran the longest I've ever run. Um, because I was just so like, I don't know what the word is. I think I was kind of irritated still, but really I was like free. And what I realized is that when you're for anyone out there who also has a hard time letting go of crushes or whatever situationships, this was not a situationship, but whatever relationships, whatever, um, the power is in your mind and in your hands to decide I'm done. I'm letting it go. It really is. I think I kept feeling like oh, I can't get over him. Like why? And it's like, cause I never really wanted to you know? But then as soon as I wanted to, and as soon as you said that, and also Smith, shout out to Smith. He, yeah, he had some, he had some words. Um, as soon as I heard that from you all, I was just like, I'm done. And I've been done ever since. So yeah, that's my yeah. advice in that realm. <laughs> I would say I'm so proud of you for prioritizing yourself because he clearly wasn't prioritizing you. And I know you deserve a lot better. So that is why I was on team drop him <laughs> yeah I've, I've really been working on like the body image stuff this summer and even just like I feel like my relationship with exercise has gotten so much better I always really liked exercising but I feel like well first of all I always worked out in a gym so I always would and I always would do cardio machines for like half the time so you see you see the number right you see how many calories you're burning even when I would like do like like walking or like jogging intervals on a treadmill like years ago um I was very fixated on the number and hitting a specific goal but because now I, I jog outside so I, I have no idea what I'm doing like in terms of the calories it's just it's literally just for the feeling like it's just it's so much healthier and better to see exercise that way I think I'm trying to get Amy to like jog and run with me like we're gonna become like running buddies virtually some kind of way it's gonna happen I 
Um, I we should, and I would say even I used to have this running app where you can like track how far you run on a like map. But I think you can also share it with your friends. So I'll talk to you offline <laughs> about like getting running running buddy apps or something like that. But I actually had the same experience too that you mentioned, like running on a treadmill versus just running outside. I definitely go a lot farther. I'm not sure if I go faster, but I uh, definitely go farther when I'm not tied to a treadmill and I'm def- I'm worrying about it less, how many calories or like steps I burn. It's enough to just take my phone with me and like check after or something just to see how far I went, but I highly recommend running outside. Um, next, if anything, the next step for me is trying biking outside, but I don't have any confidence in myself on a city bike in these New York streets. <laughs> Should we just do like triathlon training? Is that what <laughs> yeah, we, we do? should just be triathletes. Um, I yeah. think we would get a lot of happiness and, and stress relief from that. Speaking of happiness, look at that. Look at that amazing transition. <laughs> Amy just set me up for success. Speaking of happiness, one thing that we did talk about on our pre-production call or production call for this was finding new sources of happiness. When you, I feel like when you graduate, there's one source that's cut off and that is the college experience. And for people that are really into like grades and assignments, it's also like the thrill of getting the good grade, like that's gone unless you keep doing school. Um, but it, it's gone at least in terms of the undergrad world. Um, and it's def, it's, I mean, I wasn't really into that part of college. Like I didn't get all my happiness from getting like amazing grades, but I do think it's been interesting adjusting to just not being on at Columbia University's campus. Like I do, I do miss it a bit. I am, as I mentioned, I've been trying to find other things and like new areas of happiness, but, and like jogging is one of those, but for you, like, yeah, where are you like looking for that? Not even in terms of like hobbies, but like, what would that even look like for you now? Like happiest, like happiest version of Amy ever as a 22 year old thriving working girl. What does that, you're 22, right? You're 22. Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. What does that look like for you in your mind? Yeah, I guess. Well, like what you said earlier, actually calling back to the beginning is being happy in the moment. And I think the things that lead me to doing that the most is just walking around the city or, or just like exploring I guess and walking around the neighborhood I'm in and um because it, it definitely I like doing these like spontaneous walks where we kind of discover like a restaurant or a wine store or um a plant nursery <laughs> like these tiny little places that are kind of just like snapshots of someone else's neighborhood or someone else's life that they walk by every day. And so that's what I've been finding happiness. And I guess is just taking walks and kind of feeling like I'm almost like living in someone else's neighborhood or living in someone else's like world, which I definitely am. I'm, I mean, I, I, I feel like it's, it's just different. And I'm excited to do that in more places. Like I'm excited to find my own neighborhood in DC. And if anything, I think walking around New York City is like practice for that I guess of like this is what my life could be or I guess my main pastime for now has been imagining what this life in DC I'm planning on building will look like whether that's like apartment hunting or walking around the neighborhood 
And I guess it just like shows that I'm really excited about this adulting, this independence, and I'm just like excited for this next chapter. While I definitely know I'm lucky to be in the position I am, I'm just looking forward to all the things I get to do with my friends who maybe are in different positions right now who are planning out their lives too. I can't wait for us to all like come back together, especially from college, and just see what we've all been up to and, and bond, I guess, over, you know, what we experience in college, but also this very point of kind of, like, struggle, I guess, in our lives. So that's what I'm, like, happy about, what I'm looking forward to. I, I think in the future I'll definitely be happy knowing that I can share time with my friends more, um, just because I know we're all in different places. And actually, I, I hung out with my friend who we're friends from home, one of my best friends growing up, but we've haven't really been in the same spot. Like we haven't been in Hawaii at the same time for like, it's like we haven't been in the same spot for more than a year or something. Like during the pandemic, we had one day where we were together and that was it. Um, But now she's here for a couple weeks. So it's been nice hanging out with her and, and it feels like I'm we were just talking about how we're finally in like the same place at the same time after all this time. So it's been really nice and I can't wait to do that more with people in the future. But what about you? What about your sources of happiness? What does that look like for you? Well, I feel like, I don't know if this is really answering the question, but like one thing that I want to do that I think will increase my happiness is live in the moment more and I don't mean that in the corny way of like you know those little like corny little like uh like signs like live in the moment like I don't mean it in that way of like I'm totally carefree because there's no way it's not realistic that I could be totally carefree um but in just not always focusing so much on what's coming next, what I have to do next. And I think that in the past, that's kind of, it served me well in that I always gave myself something to look forward to. That's kind of what I'm known for. I'm always looking forward to something like, oh, I can't wait for Friday when like I have to go here. I can't wait for, you know, going to see my dog on this day. And I think that's good because it can kind of keep you motivated. But at the same time, like, I don't want to live in the present always looking towards the future. And that's something that I'm, I am happy that I've recognized this in myself at a, at an early age. Um, but it's just like one of the things about worry that I realize and, and like any type of anxiety is that, you know, your mind will always find something to worry about. There's always something you could solve every problem that you have right now. Tomorrow, you're going to have a new one. Maybe, maybe not tomorrow, but in like three days, something else will happen, you know? And so what I realized it's just like, deal with, deal with what's in front of you. Like, that's what I want to get better at. Like, don't focus so much on what could be in front of you. Like even so today, before we started recording, Amy texts me, she's like, there's like a drilling situation going on, like in my, in my like area, like, I don't know. And I feel like the old Ashley, old as in like two, two months ago would have been like, oh my God, like, how do I solve this problem? Like, what are we going to do if like, you know, it's really bad? Like, should I have Amy like record her stuff separately? Like, no, that's not a good solution. Like just really trying to solve the problem right then and there. And I was just like, okay, we're going to deal with it when it happens. And if it like, like we'll get there, like, and whatever happens, happens. And I mean, that's, 
I'm definitely not very great at doing that yet, but I kind of just had to stop myself and be like, she's, she's showing up and that's the most important thing and we'll deal with it once it happens. But like, yeah, I just want to live in the moment more. I bet even just like with, um, like with friends and like relationships and stuff, just like take the present for what it is. Cause you, you just don't know what's on the other side. That's kind of like to be very corny. That's like my life's motto is you don't know what's on the other side. And I use that to motivate me. I use that to calm myself down. Um, I use that to get myself to take risks. Like you just, you never know. Like that's the one thing I've realized in life and you can apply that to any context, um, any context ever. Um, you just, you have no idea. So live in the moment. That's, (laughs) that's my piece. Um, but last thing to totally go off on a tangent, Amy, you are in a relationship. Um, I'm not as we just talked about with my previous little situation that I had, what are your flirting tips for the people? I mean, I know you may have been out of the flirting game because you don't have to like consistently flirt with your boyfriend now, but Amy's like laughing at me right now. What are your, what are your tips? Like what's your line? If you're trying to slide into someone's DMs, what's your line? Oh, I am. You are right. I have not been in the game for a while. (laughs) And it's kind of funny that um, you're asking me that as my boyfriend is sitting right next to me. Um, But I would say like, the best way I guess is maybe like find common interests. I don't know if that's like a really generic thing to say. I don't have like a line or anything. Um, But I, yeah, I just like the easiest way to connect with people is to bond over things you both have in common. And so I guess really like capitalize on that. And I mean, I don't, but don't fake it, I guess. Don't capitalize it on it so much that you would fake like being into something. Like be genuine and be genuine with your interests and show them that too. Like maybe putting yourself and your interests out there is the best way for them to also open up to you and for you to get to know them more. And so um, I would say just it's important to remember that in any relationship at any point, it's a two-way street and you should think about yourself, but also the other person in in whatever you do. So I don't know if that was necessarily helpful or or the answer you're looking for. I think you got to find common ground or just be mm-hmm. totally like brave and just to be like, Hey, yeah. I like you. I don't, I don't know that the I kids do that these be days. Brave. I think being brave is an underrated part of it. I think, um, that it, it's very scary to me in general. Um, so I let's just do like a, a lightning yeah. round of questions to round this out. <laughs> I'm just sure. going to keep asking you things like, what's your biggest tip for, for self-improvement, for like being the best version of yourself, like for people that just don't know where to start, they feel like they're a mess, they feel lost, like these are all ways that I've felt before in the past, like how do you like, what's what's your number one tip, like where do you even begin to to glow up as the kids say? (laughs) Um, I feel like if anything I'm taking this from you in that reflection is probably the best way because you're not necessarily going to get better or worse unless you reflect in some kind of way or know where you stand I guess if you don't reflect in some sort of way and um, I think 
you do a lot of journaling. I feel like you are really open about, you know, your thought process on everything that you go through, whether it's graduation or going to business school, which I respect a lot and appreciate for you doing so publicly. But I think like anyone really should reflect like whether that's privately, whether that's publicly. And then that's the only real way that you can gauge if you've changed or improved. I mean, um, sometimes that reflection comes with points that other people make. I mean, I, I feel like sometimes my friends who have known since I was a little kid, like will tell me that you seem completely different, like you're a different person. But I also something that I've gotten a lot, which I'm really proud to have been said about me or proud to, I don't know, but like people have said, you know, you seem a lot more confident in yourself, which is something that I feel like I really struggled, especially when I was younger. And so to hear that now and reflect on what that means and see how other people perceive me versus how I perceive myself and how I still perceive myself um, is really important to that reflecting. So sorry if that's not like a really <laughs> like concrete no, answer, but um, that was good. Yeah, I would. I would also. I feel like I also. You know, maybe externally I wasn't lacking confidence when I was in high school or middle school or whatever. Like, I don't know. I don't know what people would say that I seem that way, but I always felt like an outcast. Like I always just felt like I would always choose the, the other path. I just, my interests were different. Like, yeah, I, I really did feel like I wasn't taken as seriously because I feel like we've talked about this. Like we were more into like journalism and writing and stuff. And like a lot of our peers were, you know, grinding away at the math at math and the sciences and stuff and we were like mm, no um and I, I think we also talked about this was like a year ago maybe or, or maybe like in October or something talked about like you just want to like prove people ro- like wrong so badly and like be like see like look what I'm doing now and w- one thing I realized I've said the word realized a million times take a shot every time I say the word realized um and please do so at your own risk. <laughs> but one thing that I have uh, come to understand about myself is that as much as it is fun proving people wrong and, you know, doing what they said that you couldn't do or what you thought that, that they felt you couldn't do, which is more of what it is usually, as much as that's great, like, I've got to do stuff because I want to do it. Like, it's got to be because... I want to make myself proud, not so much like I want to do it just to, to like, to like, not to spite someone else, but to, you know, be like, look, look here, like, let me show you, you know, like, I, that's just, that gets so old. And I think that that did fuel me for a while with the business school applications, like the people in those forums who were like, you know, you got to have a 3.9 and a 760. I was like, let me just show them, you know, like, I was like, I'm, they're going to rue the day. <laughs> like, I, I got so into that mindset. And then once I got there, I was like, why do I care about what, like, that person on the internet said? Or or, or, or what anyone said? Like, I don't know. I don't even I know love, anymore. I love that you proved the people in the forums wrong. <laughs> yeah. My dad would, like, religiously... <laughs> my dad would, like, religiously look at those types of forums and be like, Amy, you have to do this. You have to get this. Like, this is what this person did to get it. So, um, on behalf of all kids whose parents looked at forums religiously, I thank you. <laughs> I'm trying to take down, I'm trying to take them down. Like I'm going to start a new forum. I'm just kidding. 
I'm just kidding. I'm also very hungry and very tired. So at this point, I feel like I'm just saying anything. But thank you for joining <laughs> me, Amy. I can't wait to have a real office. This is like one of my goals, my biggest goals in life that no one really knows except for Amy and we, Sam. All I want to do is get to the place where we have a successful company and it's so successful that we no longer have to work remotely. We have an office where we all go. And I've promised Amy and we, Sam, the nicest, plushest, most luxurious office chairs, like whatever you want. I don't care. We're going to be, I mean, it's, it's probably going to be a bank's money anyway, so might as well. I'm just kidding. Um, but I promised them some really nice office chairs and like all I want to do in this life is like get to the point where I can like make, go online, make the purchase and buy office chairs for the FIO office in our real startup. I, I, I really want to do this. Like the day that it happens, I will probably hysterically cry and be like, we finally got the office chairs. Like my back will have some relief from like this car chair in my kitchen. Um, but yeah, your chair looks really nice that you're sitting at right now. It's just like a regular chair in like a table. <laughs> That's all I really have. The apartment is just like one small room, so there's not that much room for a lot of stuff. But but thank you, Ashley, for having me on. And I'm so excited for our rolling chairs um, from the way I, I feel like now I'm just picturing those chairs from Wally where... They're like super plush. They like hover. That's yeah. the type of futuristic office chair I hope that FIO has. <laughs> yep. That's what I'm envisioning too. Well, <laughs> thank you for joining me again, Amy. Thank you all for listening to this episode. I kind of tried to change it up a bit and just be a little bit more relaxed. It was really easy to do so because I'm talking to my friend. Um, yeah. I hope everyone that's listening is doing okay, having a good summer and we'll see you next time. Bye.